My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show. Hello, friends and family from around the country and literally around the world. This is another episode with your host, David J. Harris, Jr. And today, friends, I have the privilege and the honor of having somebody that is very well respected in the community of law enforcement. He was with the Department of ICE, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, for uh, 12 years. He's a former ICE special agent, Victor Avila. His story is absolutely unprecedented. It's something that everybody needs to read. He just finished his book, Agent Under Fire, A Murder and a Manifesto. It plays so much into exactly what we're seeing take place right now in our country, especially under this new Biden-Harris administration. Friends, this is a book that you're going to want to read. It's a book you're going to want to see. Here's a picture of it. You can get it at agentunderfirebook.com. Friends, what what took place with uh, Fast and Furious? Some know, most don't know the whole story. Jamie Zapata was murdered uh, just inches away while uh, on assignment from Agent, uh, he was just inches away from Agent Victor Avila. And the reflection of this book and what took place from the government is something that everybody needs to see and understand. He's got insight into the the uh, the basically the the bird call, the signal that was given from the Biden administration. Not just now that he's in the the White House, but even leading up to the White House to other countries to cartels that are definitely going to have some uh, some very, very could be disastrous impacts on all of us and our families. Without further ado, my special guest today, Victor Avila. Victor, my brother, so, so good to have you on with me today. How are you doing? I'm doing good, David. I Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. I got to meet you. Good friend of ours, mutual friend, Ryan Morphin, uh, is, uh, introduced us, and I got to meet you here in Dallas and I heard some of your story and I said, I've got to have you on. My audience needs to hear your story that took you a long time to get out. You've been writing this book. You were writing this book for a long time, waiting for information to be released to you that should have been released. Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch was trying to get FOIA requests for information. And it was being the information was being stonewalled at every single turn. But you finally said, we need to get the story out. We need to get the truth out to the public. And I think this is a truth that all Americans need to hear. I, I think that's absolutely right. And uh, uh, especially this month being the 10th year anniversary of that, of that ambush that we suffered at the hands of Losetas cartel in Mexico. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a shame that still a lot of people don't know that a U.S. federal agent was lost in the line of duty while serving in Mexico. And, uh, you know, I miraculously survived that ambush being shot three times. But I, I felt as a survivor, uh, a duty to... Uh, tell the story uh, that Jaime's death was not in vain, and uh, and uh, I feel strongly about our border security and the sovereign protection of the sovereignty of our of our nation. Yeah, as we all should. Uh, you know, I I wrote in my book. I have a whole chapter on uh, Obama's scandals. Uh, there's 18 scandals that I covered in the book. One of them is Fast and Furious, and too many Americans don't know anything about it. Uh, let's lead up to that. Before we get into the bird calls, the signals, if you will, that the Biden-Harris administration have basically given to, we believe, have given to the cartels, have given to special interest countries uh, about being able to get into the United States and what what potential 
devastation that could be for individuals that don't want our country to be who we are. They don't like the freedoms that we have to get in here. Before we get into that, and I've got another clip from Biden, too, I want to I ask you about. Uh, share with us, what was Fast and Furious? Why were you guys out there? What? Why were you ambushed, or at least in your feelings and opinions, what took place when uh, when uh, your your agent, your partner, was killed? Uh, I was uh, officially on, on assignment, and uh, I uh, under the U.S. Immigration Customs Enforcement at the U.S. Embassy in Mexico City uh, in February fifteenth of two thousand eleven. I was sent on an assignment, and uh, Special Agent Jaime Zapata was uh, assigned to me to go meet with our counterparts, the ICE agents out of the Monterey U.S. Consulate office, to go pick up some equipment. I challenged that that assignment because of the information and intelligence that we knew at that time about the the conditions uh, in security of the control that the Losetas had on Highway 57. This is the main corridor from uh, Mexico City leading up. You could take it all the way up to Texas. And, uh, you know, I challenged this because we knew that uh, that it was unsafe. Uh, the, the agents from the Monterey office are telling us they're, they're having firefights with the police and, uh, and the military. This is the Losetas cartel. Even the U.S. ambassador had issued three weeks prior, had issued an alert to all U.S. embassy personnel prohibiting anyone from driving on that highway for personal or business reasons because of that intelligence. However, my my supervisors ignored that, and and ultimately, were, I was sent on that on that mission. So we didn't have the the time, or we weren't afforded the the, the natural uh, preparations that we would do anytime we would do a, a a mission like this. And so it was just uh, Jaime Zapata and I. We we sent out and and drove from Mexico City. We did meet our counterparts about uh, about a six and a half hour drive, seven hour drive away from Mexico City. We did pick up this equipment, which, by the way, was just um, surveillance equipment and, and transmitters and stuff like that for another another investigation. And on our way back, uh, we stopped in Nate, and uh, I gave Jaime Zapata the, the the keys to to continue driving. You know, we were driving an armored vehicle that's uh, almost uh, weighs almost six tons. It's a very 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 heavy vehicle. Wow. Uh, Jaime Zapata had never driven one, and so open road was probably the best way for him to get accustomed to the to the weight of the vehicle, the acceleration and the braking. Nevertheless, within 15 minutes of him driving uh, now on, the, on our way back to Mexico City, we were approached by two, two SUVs full of Zeta cartel members. At that time, we didn't know there were Zeta cartel members. We just knew they were armed men and they forced us uh, off the road by conducting what we would call a rolling roadblock with one SUV and another one side by side. Uh, force you off the road with uh, AK-47s in their hands. Uh, they forced us off to the shoulder. Uh, they surrounded the Suburban and uh, a lot of chaos. I, you know, Jaime and I, with our hands up most of the time, I, I spoke to them and yelled at them, all of this in Spanish, saying that we were Americans. We were U.S. Embassy employees. We were U.S. diplomats. This was a diplomatic vehicle. Allow me to show you my diplomatic passport. Uh, we are not who you think we are. But these guys, all they had was evil in their eyes, and mm. all they wanted was to get us out of the car. So uh, several things happened in there that eventually they were able to introduce an AK-47 and a handgun by my window. And uh, uh, after a, a struggle there, they opened fire into the cabin of the armored vehicle. 
and then uh, striking uh, Special Agent Jaime Zapata several times, striking me three times, and then we crashed and tried to you know get off the X and 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 get to safety. But it was a uh, it was the vehicle was basically disabled. They shot over a hundred rounds at it. We ended up on, on wow. Highway 57 in the median. Uh, I made a call out to the U.S. Embassy that people can find online. Uh, they call it the 911 call. I just, I just, it was a distress call that I called to the U.S. Embassy, uh, calling for help that we had been shot. And um, uh, unfortunately, uh, Special Agent Jaime Zapata paid the ultimate sacrifice uh, in service to our country that day. Uh, and as you can imagine, uh, my world was turned up upside down with my family. They were extracted from Mexico. We were then reunited a couple of days later in Texas. And then, and then, and then the second part of that story continues because the aftermath of the shooting, uh, you start finding out a lot of things. And one of the things you mentioned was the weapons. Two of the weapons used against us were, in fact, part of a gun walking operation linked to Fast and Furious out of Arizona. These weapons were uh, bought and purchased and allowed to go south into Mexico. Uh, one from Dallas, one from the Houston area. And that ended up ended up in the hands of Losetas cartel. Uh, as you know, in Fast and Furious, uh, they uh, they were uh, Agent Brian Terry, the U.S. Border Patrol agent, was killed yeah. uh, two months prior to our shooting with wow. Fast and Furious guns out of uh, out of Arizona. And so that model that the ATF had in mind, which was uh, an incredible uh, in law enforcement, it's kind of hard to believe that someone would have this kind of a model that you would allow guns under your watch to be sent south to Mexico without any detection or follow-up. You know, I worked yeah. in Mexico. I did a lot of operations, human trafficking, uh, human smuggling, uh, money laundering, uh, drug trafficking organ uh, uh, investigations. And the first thing we involved was the government of Mexico, because as a U.S. diplomat and representative of the U.S., we have no jurisdiction or power there or authority. Right. We all do it through the host government. And the ATF never decided that we were going to call Mexico and, in fact, let them know that there's 700 AK-47s in this shipment going down through your port of entry. And there was thousands of weapons. You know, the, a lot of people say it was about 2,000. There was thousands of weapons, not only to Mexico, but all over the world. One of the ATF uh, Fast and Furious weapons was recovered in the Paris shooting several years ago. Uh, so let, me, let, me, let me ask you this. So it just so all our listeners and viewers are clear, Guns were authorized to be sent from the United States into Mexico without being tracked. And some of those guns wound up in some of these shootings like Fast and Furious in your in, in your incident. And you're saying even in Paris In Paris uh, and they've killed thousands of Mexican nationals. Uh, they've they've uh, they've killed. Uh, I mean, just last year, there was thirty six thousand murders in Mexico, 36,000 per capita. That is an outrageous amount of, uh, of, of homicides for a, a population of 110 million people. And so, yeah, these guns have turned up all over the place. When El Chapo Guzman was arrested, he was in possession of a 50 caliber gun that was a fast and furious gun. So it's not, it wasn't just weapons. This is under the Obama-Biden administration. Uh, I wonder how much Biden knew about all of this. Obama, I'm sure, knew about all of this. Is that some of the information that you've been trying? Is that why you were stonewalled so much on how why this took place and some of the FOIA requests that you were requesting uh, is because it's just absolutely a scandal that, you know, Barack paraded around and the ma mainstream media said the scandal-free president 
This happened on Obama and Biden's watch. That's right. And uh, and Eric Holder, remember, he was held in contempt of Congress yes. because of all yep. of this. And so it went all the way up. Uh, they, 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 to this day, have been successful in stonewalling us because President Obama at that time uh, exerted or uh, executive privilege uh, order on all these documents related to Fast and Furious. And that then spilled over to our request for our shooting once they found out the two weapons were found as well linked to uh, a gun walking operation. So um, we've been stonewalled for 10 years now and not just myself, the Zapata family, but the Terry family as well. You know, it's so it's it's so disheartening that this would take place, uh, that our government, those in charge would be aware of incidents like this. Um, you know, what what was even re what was even the reason why the United States would be sending guns uh, into other countries? That's a great question. Uh, other than to arm the criminals, because uh, in the country of Mexico, it's illegal to bear arms. They're, they don't have a Second Amendment there. Uh, uh, no civilian can own a firearm. The only people that can bear arms are the military and police. And so you know those guns are going to uh, the cartels and to these uh, highly organized criminal organizations. That, by the way, we'll get into it a little bit later, but I, I don't believe they're just drug cartels anymore. They're foreign terrorist organizations, and I think some of them need to be designated as such because they have had so much control of the country of Mexico and in our own country and 40 countries around the world. Uh, they are something that need to be uh, really taken care of. Uh, friends, I'm getting into this with uh, Victor Avila. Uh, he just launched a book, released a book, um, and uh, Agent Under Fire. You can get it at agentunderfirebook.com. I want to show a preview of this book that will give a little bit of uh, insight into what we're talking about. Here's a clip. Let me pull this out here. I think every single American needs to see, read your book. They need to understand what took place uh, and they need a better understanding. I think, you know, the fact that the mainstream media says that 80 million people voted for Biden. I don't believe that one bit. 
but even if the facts are 60 million people voted for Biden, if they truly understood his policies, his immigration policies, his open border policies, and what he's what he's basically signaling to the rest of the world uh, about about what the United States stands for. I think you can speak to that. You know, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump was very strong on border security. Um, what is the impact of not having our borders secured and not standing up for the sovereignty of our country? Oh, my goodness. That's uh, it, it is uh, it is a tremendous impact. And, and by the way, yeah, uh, the, the signals that Biden is sending uh, and the Democratic Party have been sending this long before Biden got into office. They were just kind of waiting to see if, in fact, that would that would happen. And, and, and this is I'll say this, David, it's it's what it's not what they say. It's not what the Democrats say. It's what they do. And just in the short amount of time that President Biden has been in there, he has basically dismantled even to a worse condition than even when Obama was president. Wow. And that and that's and that's something that I'm uh, as I say it to you, I get chilled down my back because uh, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about this country and the safety uh, of our citizens because of the border uh, policies that he's uh, not instilling. For example, I get, well, let's go down the list. Uh, catch and release. He, he's uh, he's reinstated catch and release. And right now on the border, there are people coming across uh, McAllen, Texas and Arizona that are being encountered by U.S. Border Patrol. They're being checked with a piece of paper, taking down their information, given a notice to appear and allowed. This is the release part, not back to their country, released into the United States and to await a, a trial, a, a date to see an immigration judge, maybe in two, three, four or five years. We don't know when. And we know that over 90 percent of those individuals will not show up. The problem with that is that uh, there's a lot of problems with that. Uh, the, the, it affects our communities. It affects our schools. It affects our health system. It affects a lot of aspects of, uh, of our daily lives in, yeah. in every community in the United States, not just the, the border states. And uh, second of all, it's the criminal element that also comes through these caravans and through, through the uh, taking advantage of these open border policies that they want to come into. And that's my concern is that the people that want to gain access for the sole purpose of ca causing us harm. And I'm talking about special interest aliens that are coming from special interest countries that are have ties to terrorism and want to come here and gain access. They see the vulnerabilities. They see the, the open conditions that uh, Biden has created, and they're going to gain access into this country. Uh, we're talking about pe people from Somalia, from Bangladesh, from Yemen, from Iran. There was 11 Iranians arrested last week in Arizona. Uh, there is an influx of Haitians. Last uh, week. Uh, last week in Arizona. Uh, thank goodness they were interdicted. But those are the ones that were caught. How many uh, of those are- Were they carrying any weapons? What was their status? What were they apprehended for? Illegal entry. Just illegal entry. And uh, who knows what their intentions were? And uh, that's absolutely true. And when I was stationed in Mexico, I'll share this with your audience. Uh, I, I conducted a lot of these special interest aliens, uh, human, uh, human smuggling operations. Uh, and they were, this is 10 years ago, uh, beyond 10 years ago. And I, I saw them, I interviewed them with translators in Mexico. Uh, and they were already in our country. They are setting up uh, communities in Mexico because they know. And I'm, when I say they, I'm talking about uh, the special interest uh, uh, aliens that come from 
these countries that I mentioned are setting up communities within Mexico because they know that once they're in Mexico, they're as good as being in the United States. All they were waiting for wow. was to Biden to become president so they could seek asylum from within the United States. Now, the catch and, uh, the catch and release goes hand in hand with the policy, the other policy that President Biden did away with, and that's the migrant protection protocol, which was the remain in Mexico policy, right. which was a great policy to allow these individuals to stay in Mexico or seek asylum from their home country. Well, that's that's over and done with. Now they're going to seek asylum right next door to your house and in their communities. And a lot of these individuals are also cartel members that are going to gain access to our country. By the way, the cartels are headquartered in Mexico and they control uh, uh, 80 percent of that country. Uh, they have 80 percent. The cartels 80, control 80 percent of the country in Mexico. And, and this is not my statistic. This is Mexico's own statistic. They have a com control and influence over 80 percent of that country. You cannot go into Mexico and try to conduct illicit business without being encountered by a cartel member, especially right now. We're seeing things that I had never seen in my career. And I'll give you an example. Uh, human smugglers and the coyotes. That's what they did, right? They smuggled people. It's a one-time transaction. The illegal alien pays a fee. They get crossed over and it's over. The drug trafficker does his thing with the drugs and, and trafficking's over. Well, now they're, they're doing everything. They have combined. And these organizations are doing all of them. Now there was a case a couple of weeks ago uh, in the border of Texas that 81 individuals were encountered by U.S. Border Patrol. Only 20 of those individuals were Mexican nationals. All the other ones are what they call OTMs, other than Mexican. But here's the strange part, is that they had several hundred pounds of methamphetamine on them and marijuana, which was something wow. that I had never seen. I had never seen them commingle those, uh, uh, those two together. And that just goes to show the uh, several things, the desperation from the cartels to get their product across because the border was better secure. It's never been secure completely. And I'll, and I'll be honest, not even under the Trump administration. It, it, was it better? Absolutely. Was a wall working? Absolutely. But we needed to do a lot more. And right. President Trump needed absolutely more time to do it. We needed so four more years is what we needed. Yeah, absolutely. He needed that. And so it, it's a scary path and a dangerous path, path that we're heading under the Biden administration in just a few weeks. Yesterday, by the way, he uh, basically uh, told ICE to stand down on an operation to take down some sex offenders because, uh, I don't know if you heard, uh, they, they've sent a list of priorities of what, what people and what illegal aliens can and cannot be uh, deported from our country. First of all, they're here illegally. Second right. of all, they've committed crimes like DWI, assault, uh, theft. Uh, uh, and others that the Biden administration wants to ignore. They'll not, they're not going to be a priority for deportation. And some of those are sex offenses. Well, yesterday, ICE, HSI, Homeland Security Investigations, was going to do a big op on taking some of these sex offenders down, but they were ordered to stand down. And that, that doesn't benefit- Here, here in the United States. Here in the United States, this, this doesn't benefit our so, communities. So they they had they had identified individuals that were here illegal that are here illegally that had charges, some of them sexual uh, assault charges, uh, and they and ICE was trying to take them out. HSI was going to go take them down and apprehend them. And the it was the was it specifically the Biden administration that just put a halt to it? Absolutely.
Wow. As, as crazy as that sounds, that is 100% true. Uh, these are individuals that are illegal, uh, that have committed serious crimes and have not been deported. And they, they, they need to be removed. Um, and, I, you know, I understand the economic migrant that comes from Central America because of the conditions right. that they face. I'm a humanitarian. I have compassion uh, for these individuals. But there comes a point in, in that we have to say here in the United States, we need to protect our borders and our sovereignty and, and our way of living because it's going to change. It's changing yeah. now and it's going to change drastically with these immigration policies under the Biden administration. Before we get into uh, more of the bird calls, the, the signals, I've actually got a video of Joe Biden that I think uh, I showed you. You said that's part of it. It's not all of it. Uh, before we get into that and then what Americans can do, what we all need to be doing and paying attention to in order to try to stop as much as possible, try to turn this, the tide, turn this, shift this boat that's, that we're all on called America that seems like it's heading for absolute disaster under this current administration. There are things that we as Americans can do. Before we get into that, uh, Victor, I'll be right back. I got a word from my sponsor today. Friends, my sponsor for today is my good friend, Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell has come under massive fire from the mainstream media. He's being sued by different places and companies and organizations that don't want him to get the truth out. He's fighting for America. He's fighting for us. Big box stores have taken his products off their shelves. He's he's a patriot that all of us should be supporting. If you've already gone to MyPillow.com and got some things from his store, go look and see what else you can get. He's got over 100 different items on there that you can purchase. I love his mattress topper. It changed our sleeping for sure. Uh, His sheets, his pillows. We even got little dog pillows for for our puppies as well. So get to MyPillow.com, and I love his code, four more years. Spell it out or use the number four. But I believe, as Victor just shared, we need four more years of President Donald Trump. Whether that happens sooner or later, we need four more years. So get to MyPillow.com and use the code four more years and get yourself something nice. Mike needs your support, and it's a great way for you to support my show as well. All right, Victor, I've got this video. We're talking about the Biden administration and the signaling that they've been doing, giving to the cartels. Seems like it's specifically to the cartels when 80% of Mexico is ran by the cartels from their own data. Uh, and then these other special interest countries as well that are known for terrorism. Uh, the bird calls. Here's just one video of uh, Joe Biden that I think, to me, this is a bird call. Like your take on this. To other nations to open wide their doors as well. So today, I'm approving an executive order to begin the hard work of restoring our refugee admissions program to help meet the unprecedented global need. It's going to take time to rebuild what has been so badly damaged. But that's precisely what we're going to do. That's precisely what he and his administration are going to do. They want more refugees. While In a time while our country is reeling, Americans have lost jobs, especially under these new executive orders that Biden has put forth with the pipeline. Uh, thousands of Americans are looking for work. The job reports numbers are horrible, and he's focusing on bringing in more refugees. Is that just one of the signals that the Biden administration is basically given to all these other countries and individuals that that don't want, like you said, that don't just want the opportunity to have uh, to get a, a, head fo- a foot forward economically. We do live in the greatest country in the world. It's understandable that people would want to come here, but come legally. But there's those individuals that want to come here and actually create damage. Is that just one example 
of Biden sharing basically to the world of anybody that wants to get in here that they're going to uh, let them in? It sure is. And and the word that strikes me there is global and globalism is the one that strikes me uh, and, and it makes me uh, shiver uh, when I hear those words coming from President Biden. And all of a sudden, the uh, COVID doesn't exist for, for these uh, migrants because we've seen right. a, uh, uh, an influx. In, for example, in El Paso, Texas, uh, the where I'm originally from, overrun with COVID cases. And the elected officials there, including the congresswoman that took over Beto O'Rourke, refused to acknowledge that these cases are the people coming from Mexico. And wow. they're overrun in their hospitals. They're, they're bringing uh, flying patients into the interior of Texas because they, they can't handle them there. Now, under under President uh, Trump, he had uh, initiated the uh, Title 42, which is a health crisis, and which is rightly so, where Border Patrol can encounter individual and right then and there return them right back. That mm. is just gone within the last week. Wow. And so these individuals are coming in, positive COVID cases. Now they're putting them up in hotels. They're putting them up in hotels so they could quarantine. This is, uh, you know, you and I have to wear a mask and have to do these things. And these individuals are coming into our country with uh, who knows what other than COVID um, right. and, and other issues, not just the, the crime, not just the, the criminal uh, histories, but there's a lot of issues there. And so illnesses, the diseases, illnesses, diseases, non-vaccinations, uh, our Border Patrol uh, men and women uh, getting sick themselves uh, from encountering them. The shift has happened from border enforcement to border uh, caretakers. That's what our Border Patrol is becoming. Another thing that I talk about in my book, and I'll give your, your viewers an insight, and because I, I, I like solutions, and I think we need a surge. Yes. I think we need a surge down at the border. I talk about it. We have 20,000 Border Patrol agents. I want them all down at the border. I want skeleton crews in Washington, D.C. To, to cover the paperwork. But I want all Border Patrol. I want ICE. I want uh, National Guard. We saw them put up walls and call in 25,000-plus National Guard within two days in Washington. Why can't we do that down at the southern border and protect our country? Why can't yes. we send them into Portland and, and, and Chicago where the, these, the, the violence has gotten out of control to protect these communities because uh, these illegal aliens that come into our country, they go to these communities and they victimize their own communities, not just the U.S. citizens, but sometimes right. their own communities like the MS-13 gang members. Uh, and it's, you know, it just goes on and on and on. And, and I talk about that, the sanctuary city policies. And, 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 uh, and so part of that solution, uh, I would tell people to really focus on your local elected officials. It hasn't been uh, the, the most important time ever to pay attention who your city council member and, uh, are, are, that are running. Who are they? What they stand for? Uh, your county commissioners, your, your uh, county judge, uh, your mayor, because they're the ones making decisions that are going to affect you right then and there where you live. Uh, a lot of the time, what I've seen in the last two years, David, and, and I, I haven't liked this pattern, is that somehow our local elected officials are dictating to our law enforcement officers what they can and cannot enforce. They're telling our sheriffs, they're telling the chiefs of police, you know, if this is an illegal alien, leave them alone. Uh, if, if this illegal alien is encountered in a jail, uh, do not contact the ICE. Oh, you're uh, frozen. Know. Okay, you're good. You're good. You're okay. back. Go ahead. Yeah, they, they, they don't want to contact the, uh, uh, the ICE when they have these illegal aliens in custody because they committed a crime. 
to get deported. It is, it is incredible to me how it's at the local level that it really starts. And I think people need to pay attention very closely to who they're electing there in their communities. Uh, yes. you, know, the, you know, the left has been wanting to abolish ICE. They, they want to abolish police. Yep. And, and, and they're doing it uh, by executive order, just by the actions that President Biden uh, is taking. They're, they're doing that. They're circumventing our legislative process. And also with amnesty, he has said that he wants a path of citizenship for all these individuals, but he's not going to do it legislatively. He's doing it by allowing them to come into this country uh, illegally through this uh, open borders policy and then just grant it to them just like that. And it's a it's a dangerous path. And I don't like the future of that. It's a very dangerous path. Uh, if you're just joining us, hopefully go back and watch us from the beginning. We've got Victor Avila on Agent Under Fire, A Murder and a Manifesto is his new book. You can get that book at agentunderfirebook.com. And I've got a video I want to share of part of what's in the book, part of what led you on this entire journey. Uh, again, thank you so much for serving with ICE for 12 years. Uh, it's truly a sad day when one of our heroes gets his life taken from him. Uh, this is uh, one of the videos from a video. This is a section from a video that they can find on YouTube. The name of the video on YouTube that they can search is Agent Down. Agent Down. All right. Here's a clip from that uh, from this great 45-minute overall documentary on exactly what uh, Victor went through with, uh, uh, with this incident that took place in Mexico. The two men have been ordered to travel along one of the most dangerous roads in Mexico. It runs through the heart of territory controlled by one of the country's most powerful drug cartels. They are Los Zetas, an organization notorious for their brutality. Back at the U.S. Embassy, Victor's concern is shared by another member of diplomatic staff, his wife. I know that he contacted people in Monterrey who agreed with Victor that it was very dangerous. I felt like I was in the twilight zone. Like, how can this be possible? I can't believe they're sending you there. Everyone knew I didn't want to go. And I was ordered. And at that point, as a government employee, you, you follow orders or you're dismissed. Victor's companion on the journey is Jaime Zapata, recently transferred to Mexico from the US on a temporary posting. Even though Victor has known him for less than 24 hours, he has quickly formed an impression of his new partner. There's brave men out there. He was one of them. He wanted to go. He wanted to go there and be there in the front line to serve his country. The pair are traveling in a bulletproof suburban SUV supplied by their agency, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, known as ICE. The agents make their collection and set off back to Mexico City, with Jaime Zapata now driving. I was on the phone. I called my supervisor. I informed him that we had just picked up the equipment and we were on our way back. And our estimated time of arrival and entering the city would be sometime at rush hour. But the agents are not alone. They are being tracked by two carloads of Los Zetas Sicarios, cartel hitmen who are looking to hijack their vehicle. Jaime noticed that there was a long gun, the barrel of a long gun sticking out from the back of the seat. And then uh, I picked over and looked at it and I said, I, I see that. 
I said, and noticed that the that suburban was occupied by multiple individuals. They get very, very close, very close. I tell Jaime, you're not gonna pull over. You're not gonna pull over. Go, 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 go. Eventually what they do is they conduct like a rolling roadblock. At this point, I have my hands up, closest to the windshield as I can. Jaime has them on top, on top of the steering wheel, like this. And I yell at them, we are Americans, we are U.S. Embassy employees. This is a diplomatic vehicle. We are diplomats. I'm going to pause it right there. I'm going to stop right there because I think that what you shared with me as far as the look in their faces, people need to understand that these are the kind of individuals that would love to gain entry and get into our country. Uh, the look on their faces, you said, looked like pure evil in their eyes. What, what, is your, what, what are your thoughts when you, when you see this reenactment take place? Uh, of what took place that day with you and your partner? You know, I uh, I go around the country and I do speaking engagements, sharing the story, talk a lot about what we talk about, uh, about our border security. I'm very passionate about it. But part of, part of this is to uh, educate and have people aware of the evil that exists in our world. And I've stared it in, in the face. And these are the individuals that are not only gaining access to our country, unfortunately, they are already here. And a lot of the crime spike that you've seen around the country and, uh, and violent crimes are linked back to the cartels. And that's just a fact. And, and, and so uh, that's a great point, David, I, you bring it up. I, you know, it always, you know, it affects me. I, I, I've gone through what I've gone through and, and uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have had the, the, the support of my family. I, I'm a big advocate for officer well, wellness and that kind of support in the PTSD and all that, because I also like to talk about that. But uh, uh, being the 10th year anniversary, I will be putting out a video uh, on the 10th year anniversary and honoring Jaime Zapata, because uh, I want to make sure that people know that who he was, what he did, what he served, and, and uh, what he did for our country. And so uh, it, all, all it does, it makes me more passionate to, to serve in, in, a, in a capacity uh, to uh, make everyone aware what's happening in our country, especially in the conditions that we're in now. Well, I'm thankful, brother, that you made it through, that you survived. It's horrific that uh, Jaime Zapata did not make it. Prayers and, uh, for his family. Please, when you get that video, send it to me, and I'll make sure that we get it shown and, and out there as well. Uh, so back to solutions, right? We're, we're hearing a lot today about what's taking place. We're seeing it unfold on the news. We're seeing all these executive orders that dictator Biden uh, is is uh, ensuing and pushing on the American people, but there are solutions and it happens at the local level. Talk to all of us about what we need to be doing, paying attention to, to try to stop these types of uh, egregious overreaches uh, of big government from playing the role in our own cities. Absolutely, the, the, uh, the, the crossing of, of uh, jurisdictions, if you will, 
between a mayor and uh, uh, and the chief of police. Uh, the mayor uh, has a role and the chief of police has another uh, uh, role, even though I, know, I understand they interact, but uh, we cannot have an elected official tell our law enforcement uh, uh, how, to, how to secure our public. They know how to do it. And a lot of times uh, because of these sanctuary city policies that come from just even local governments and maybe the governor of that state uh, or that county uh, is affecting the safety and security of everyone. You know, you'll hear it a lot from the left that says that sanctuary city policy is is quite the opposite, that that this is uh, safer and it makes communities safer. It actually does not. It actually, like I mentioned, releases these criminal aliens back into their own community to reoffend, and that's what they do. We've seen the deportations of these violent criminals gone over and over again, deported four or five times. And then we see the cases like a Kate Steinle case years ago in San Francisco yeah. where a neo alien uh, killed. So we have those cases uh, happening every day and the angel moms and families in this country that have, uh, have suffered uh, and lost their loved ones at the hands of illegal aliens through drunk driving, through uh, uh, sexual offenses, through many, many other offenses and the drugs, you know, there have been a record number of methamphetamine and fentanyl seizures at our ports of entry in the last couple of months, just alone. That what tells me as wow. a criminal investigator is that a lot of it is coming through and that poison is getting to the hands of our kids. And, and, and we've had over 80,000 overdoses uh, in, uh, in our country, but there's no outrage about that uh, this past year. And I well, need to, when, you, know, when, you, when you talk about how much, the, how much of the drugs have been seized, my question is, my thought is, how many didn't weren't seized? How many of those drugs made it through? A lot. The more the more seizures I see, that means the more drugs uh, are coming in. The the higher the seizures of the human smuggling. And here's another aspect that I wanted to say really quick. The there are uh, what you're seeing right now are the individuals coming up to the border patrol, these caravans, and turning themselves in. These are the ones that want to come and seek asylum. We all know that they don't qualify for asylum. The asylum laws, by the way, haven't changed. The criteria, anyone could Google the, cri the criteria for asylum seeking, it's still the same. It's that the Biden and Obama administration back then have interpreted them very, very differently. But they're not, these individuals are not persecuted by their government for their religion and other beliefs. And so we know that they don't qualify for asylum, but they're still allowed to come into the country and, and seek it. That's one individual. The one that I'm mostly concerned about also is the ones that are still not wanting to be detected by a border patrol in between our ports of entry where the wall never finished being built and are trying to gain access undetected. And those are the ones that uh, 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 really concern me. So the local level uh, elected officials, um, you know, we could talk about there's a lot of stuff, DACA, uh, there's a lot of issues that are going to be uh, basically undone. And uh, it, we're going to see our country change as a Hispanic, as a first generation Mexican-American. I'm the living dream uh, of the American dream. My parents came here legally. They did it the right way. My parents worked hard to get myself and my sisters through college. My sister's an attorney. We're the first ones to, to, to go through college. Mm. This is what the American dream is about. It's not about illegal uh, immigration. I'm a, I'm a pro-legal immigration. I understand yes. that system is broken as well. Uh, and, and I have uh, other solutions for that uh, to, to fix that as well. We can allow the, by, by the way, all the people that have been paying and doing the, the, the right path to residency in this country are now put aside. And uh, it doesn't matter. These are the ones that have been vetted. And I want to mention this word. 
and it comes down to vetting. We don't have the uh, yes. opportunity with these caravans to vet these people properly to see who they are and what intentions they have to come into our country because we know that they're, they're going to be released. They're being put in Greyhound buses and possibly to never be seen again. You know, it, it, it boils down to with as much chaos that's going on, with as much as we see the Biden administration uh, doing undoing so many of the positive uh, policy changes that the president was able to get to us, the American people, it boils down to exactly what we need to do at the local level, paying attention to our local elections and making sure that the individuals that are in office to represent us are actually there to represent the interests of the American people. We all want safety. We all want security. We all want an opportunity to put our best foot forward every single day and live the American dream. You embody the American dream as a first-generation Mexican-American. You embody that. Your family embodies that. That's what we say yes to. What we say no to is anybody trying to skirt that, get around the system, get in another way, and then obviously among those are the individuals that just absolutely want to do us harm and and shred and destroy everything that our country uh, is known for. So, uh, Victor, your book, agentunderfirebook.com is where you can get it. Everybody needs to get this book. Um, I'm so thankful for you, brother, for your voice, for your passion to get the truth out there. It could not have been easy. It can't be easy for you to try to get the truth out and share your story and stand up to big government. And especially now under a Biden-Harris administration, uh, you know, I'm praying for you, for courage, for your wife. I got to see your wife in that clip that I showed. God bless you, my brother. I pray that he would just continue to expand your ability to reach more people with the truth and that when you speak and share your story, hearts would be pricked with that truth and an understanding of what they need to stand up for. There's too many well-meaning Americans that say we just need to let them all in and don't understand the ramifications of that. So final thoughts, brother, final word for my audience today. Well, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for the opportunity and the, and the huge platform that you have given me today. That's exactly what I want to do. I, I want to uh, educate and have America know what the reality is down at the southern border. I, I'm, I'm not a guy that will go down there for a five-minute uh, photo op and, on the wall and tell you how bad it is. I, I have lived it. I've worked it. And I want to share this. Uh, I'm available for speaking engagements and, 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 and want to continue to share not just uh, what's going on in our security, but also honor the, the memory of uh, Special Agent Jaime Zapata. And if people want to contact you directly, what website or where can they go to, to connect with you? Same website, agentunderfirebook.com. They'll get, uh, send, my, uh, send me an email there, and I, I'd be, love to chat with you. Victor, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. My brother, God bless you in this fight that you're in. We're in a fight, but there's still things that we can do. I'd love to have you back on again, my brother, but I'm excited for your book. Thank you for spending the time to get your truth out there. And I really hope that God uh, expands the reach and gives you more of a platform to share your story. I appreciate it, David. Thank you. Friends, please share this message, this podcast or video. Download it if you're listening via podcast. Uh, if give, give this uh, five-star review if you believe it is. I think that this message that Victor brought to us today definitely needs to be heard by as many well-meaning Americans. You know who they are. Some of them are your own friends or family that think, oh, everything that Biden is doing is okay. Open up the borders. They need help. We need to let them in. We've, we've, we've got what they need in our country. Uh, they need to wake up. And it's information like what's in Victor's book, Agent Under Fire, that will wake them up. And it's uh, videos like this that'll maybe even start that turn 
in their own hearts and minds to wake up to the truth that matters. So friends, don't forget, get over to MyPillow.com. Use that code for more years. Find yourself or some friends. Get Christmas gifts. I know it's only the beginning of the year, but get some Christmas gifts for friends over there at MyPillow.com and use the code for more years when you do for the best discounts, up to 66% on whatever you get there. God bless you. Stay tuned. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. My name is David J. Harris, Jr., Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris Jr. Show.